a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Russia is ramping up its attack on civilian areas, leading President Biden to call Vladimir Putin a war criminal. What does that mean? What does it change in terms of the U.S. response and what is happening inside of Ukraine? Let's go beyond the headlines. Time to begin. Think you know the news of the day? They begin. Let's get you caught up on everything that is happening uh, around the world as it relates to Ukraine. Of course, we know that President Biden has mentioned that he will be speaking uh, with President Xi of China tomorrow. We'll break that down coming up here at 120. And uh, also just in the last little bit, uh, President Zelensky also spoke today to German lawmakers. And with those German lawmakers, again, the President Zelensky has been so good at tapping into history and things that would resonate with particular audiences. And so to the German legislature, uh, to those lawmakers, uh, he said that the slogan post-World War II of never again uh, is proving not to be true and that it is dependent on what we do. Uh, if never again really is a, a motto uh, that will stay, if it's a principle that stays or if it was just a nice slogan following World War II. So interesting. We'll continue to watch that and uh, get some translation on his words to German lawmakers today. And, of course, he spoke to U.S. lawmakers yesterday and the day before that he spoke uh, with Canadian lawmakers as he continued to make make the rounds and make the case for what Ukraine needs and what support it needs from around the world. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken uh, opened his press conference uh, really laying out uh, the case of what has happened in these recent attacks that Russia has waged against civilians and children in Ukraine. Russia continues to attack civilian sites, including this week alone, a hospital, three schools, a boarding school for visually impaired kids uh, in the Luhansk region of Ukraine. Yesterday, Russian forces bombed a theater in Mariupol where hundreds of people had been taking shelter. The word children had been written in Russian in giant white letters on the pavement outside the building so that you could know from the air that there were children inside. Russian forces also opened fire on 10 civilians uh, who were waiting in line uh, for bread. These incidents uh, join a long list of attacks on civilian, not military locations across Ukraine, including apartment buildings, public squares, and last week, a maternity hospital in Mariupol. So, of course, yesterday... President Biden said that Vladimir Putin was a war criminal. Secretary Blinken said he agreed with the president that the Russians are indeed committing war crimes. Yesterday, President Biden said that, in his opinion, 
war crimes have been committed in Ukraine. Personally, I agree. Intentionally targeting civilians is a war crime. After all the destruction of the past three weeks, I find it difficult to conclude that the Russians are doing otherwise. Our experts are in the process of documenting and evaluating potential war crimes being committed in Ukraine. Beth Van Schack, uh, whom the Senate finally confirmed this week as our ambassador at large for global criminal justice, will be leading that effort within the State Department. So the State Department uh, picking up on the investigation there in terms of those specific war crimes, which leads to a, a host of questions around uh, NATO and around the U.N., uh, what do you do uh, when the leader of the country is being accused of war crimes? So White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki was asked about this yesterday. Uh, and again, tying it all back to the president's off-the-cuff remark to a reporter uh, about uh, the war crimes being committed by the Kremlin. The president's remarks speak for themselves. Uh, he was speaking from his heart and speaking from what he's seen on television, which is barbaric actions by a brutal dictator uh, through his invasion of a foreign country. Uh, there is a legal process that continues to, is underway, continues to be underway at the State Department. Uh, that's a process that, that they would have any updates on. The Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, was in Slovakia today. He told reporters that they're assessing uh, what Ukraine needs most as they try to fend off the Russians. And that includes, of course, service to air missiles and drones. Drones have been, uh, uh, have been very effective. Uh, we've also seen uh, having the ability to conduct counterfire uh, with uh, uh, rockets and, uh, and artillery is also very effective. And so I think increasingly we'll see uh, the, the uh, Ukrainian forces turn to those methods. So this leads to a really interesting part of the equation. You look at these drones uh, in particular, uh, their effectiveness, and White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki was asked uh, if these drones uh, would be seen as an escalatory measure that would cause Vladimir Putin to, again, ratchet up things in terms of his threats of using nuclear weapons. Is your position that the drones uh, were assessed by the uh, Defense Department to not be perceived as escalatory and to not be perceived as offensive weapons? Again, I don't have anything more to confirm beyond what was in the fact sheet and specifics in there, but defensive weapons is what we have provided. Uh, so again, the White House being very clear that these are defensive weapons, defensive purposes, even though they have proven to be effective on the offensive side of things as well. And again, it will be interesting to see what Vladimir Putin does in terms of using that for his own rhetoric, for his own propaganda. And uh, we'll continue to monitor all of that. And then uh, also today at a uh, Friends of Ireland luncheon, uh, President Biden uh, was uh, first quoted as saying that he would be talking with President Xi of China tomorrow. And, of course, the call comes at a very crucial time where you've got uh, really this struggle between democracy and autocracy. And how that plays out is going to be significant. What does China really want to do? Are they really all in and all on board with Vladimir Putin and Russia? Uh, or are they hedging their bets? That call will be very interesting. I think we're in a genuine struggle between autocracies and democracies. And whether or not democracies can be sustained. And I, so I'm going to be speaking to President Xi tomorrow. We talked about the idea. He does, he does not believe democracies can be sustained in the 21st century. 
because things move so rapidly, technology is changing so much, democracies don't have time to arrive at consensus. That's why autocracies will succeed. So very interesting, that conversation tomorrow, if it really is a debate over whether a constitutional republic or democracies around the world can be nimble enough, can be quick enough, or whether President Xi and President Putin are right, that uh, things are changing too fast. You have to have an autocracy where uh, one person can make the decisions quickly and rapidly. In the meantime, of course, there are many uh, of the most vulnerable uh, who are being hurt. Uh, and killed in Ukraine. And that's not a, an issue of autocracy. That's human decency. Uh, and those are the questions that we have to be leading out on. And those are the questions that uh, far too many leaders in our nation's capital are not addressing in terms of what is it that we need to do? What is the right thing to do? And those are, are very complicated questions to get to. Uh, but we've got to get to them and have them in a little different way. And we're going to stay with this conversation a little longer today because it is so critical. Uh, coming up, uh, we'll preview that conversation between China's President Xi and President Biden tomorrow. Uh, M. Wynn from ABC News is going to join us as we continue the conversation to elevate and figure it out. Is it autocracy uh, or will democracy ultimately prevail? Stay with us. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.